Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Well, Merry Christmas, Freedom Valley. We are getting in the Christmas spirit around here with literally a series called The Christmas Spirit. And Jason and I were talking earlier saying we decorated early for Christmas this year. My kids and I put up our tree like a week before Thanksgiving. It was awesome. We don't usually do that because it feels like there's so many other things to do. And right now in the season when there's not so many other things to do and we just felt like we needed a little bit of Christmas cheer. You know what I mean? I've heard from so many of you that did that as well. Um, But, you know, seeing presents under the tree already. Yes, I I already put presents under the tree. Um, Reminds me there's something to look forward to, right? And seeing the lights on and when it's getting dark at 5 p.m. already, it reminds me that there's hope, right? That that Jesus is the light in the darkness. And so it, it just felt like what we needed in our family right now. And, uh, you know, I'm not a Christmas movie junkie necessarily. I know there are some of you out there that love Christmas movies. Um, but I do have a couple of favorites, uh, just a couple that I like to watch every year. And this year I have watched a couple of new ones already. But what always gets me is that Christmas movies do seem to capture the spirit of the season a little bit, right? And and Christmas is a very Jesus holiday to me, right? It is a Christian holiday. I, I celebrate the birth of my Savior, the fact that God did that and sent his son into this messed up world. It blows my mind every year. It makes me want to worship him all over again. And of course, Hollywood Christmas movies don't quite capture that, right? And yet they do capture some of it. There's, you know, Christmas isn't about receiving, it's about giving. Those kind of morals of the story. Or, you know, Christmas is about family and loving each other through differences. Or Christmas is, is about joy. Having joy even when you have nothing or almost nothing. These kind of morals, taglines to Christmas movies even though they don't have the Jesus component. It it always blows my mind. In a lot of Christmas movies, though, there's that selfish one, right? There's the the villain, the bad guy of the Christmas story, the the Scrooge or the Grinch or the miser or or even the spoiled kid. Thinks it's me, 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 all about me. Or, Or the one who thinks Christmas is just all about consumerism or that everybody's out to get them somehow. I've thought about this a lot, and it seems to me that the difference between a Christmas plot in a movie and just any other plot is is that the villain of the movie often isn't dealt with by force, maybe with a couple of exceptions. But other than that, it's not usually, you know, capture or, or violence or changing their mind by force. The villain is often won over in a Christmas movie with kindness. The Christmas spirit. There's often this one part of the movie. Almost every Christmas movie has it where somebody is against giving to somebody and and somebody says, but don't you have any Christmas spirit? Right? What is that? I want to examine that throughout this series because it would be very hard to avoid those kind of sentiments in our culture at this time of year. Anywhere you go in our culture in December, 
that kind of thing surrounds you. And yes, a lot of it is capitalism, and yes, a lot of it is consumerism and companies playing to our desires, but there is some truth in there too. The Christmas spirit should be hard to avoid. During this series, I want to capture that spirit. I want it to grow and and swell within us. The spirit of generosity, of community, of being close to one another. I I want us to foster that spirit of love and joy and hope for the future. Some of us have been living with so much fear this year. So much anger this year. And honestly, 2020 could have turned us all into Grinches and Scrooges and Misers or even spoiled kids. Let's not let it. Let's tap into the spirit of Christmas, but not stop there. Let's take it further, further than December 25th further in our hearts and our minds. Over the next few weeks, I want to examine what the spirit of Christmas is as defined by our culture, but also what the spirit of Christmas should be, what the spirit of Christians should be, what spirit Jesus actually gives us. And so we're going to start with some bad guys of Christmas. I almost titled this series that, the bad guys, the Christmas bad guys. And I'll let you guess which the next is going to be, but we're going to start with Scrooge first. Scrooge from the Christmas classic, uh, A Christmas Carol, has become synonymous in our culture with the miser, right? He's tight. He holds everything to himself and he is mad at the world. He's a rich man with money to give, but he is not giving it. Not even when someone close to him needs it. Not even when it's Christmas. He has zero compassion. And he's found himself in a very bitter place in life, holding everyone else to a very high standard. In case you haven't seen it, I just want to show you a short clip. Let's watch this clip together. Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, humbug. Christmas humbug? Uncle, you don't mean that. Merry Christmas. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right have you to be so dismal? You're rich enough. Humbug! Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not a penny richer. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Nephew! Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. humbug, right? (laughs) That is the Scrooge. It's the opposite of the Christmas spirit. And I hope that even if you haven't seen it, although this story has been around since 1846, so, you know, no spoilers. But uh, even if you haven't seen it, I think you can tell where this story is going, 
right? If you, if you know Christmas movies at all, you can probably guess that through a series of events, good old Scrooge is going to learn his lesson, right? He's actually shown his Christmas past, his Christmas present, and his Christmas future, and decides at the end, life isn't worth living if it's not in service to other people. That, that what he's doing is he's doing it to himself, putting himself in a very bitter, lonely, angry place. <clears throat> Maybe he should just loosen up and enjoy life a little, use his resources to bless the people that he loves. Today, I want to examine that from a biblical perspective. It, it, it's the moral of the story that Charles Dickens wrote in 1846, but is it what Jesus would teach Scrooge? Well, let's start with this one. It says in Acts, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Blessed to give than to receive. That certainly sounds like the moral of this Christmas story, but it's actual words from Jesus. Actually, it's words Paul said, Jesus said. And we can certainly see it in the teachings of Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take this one, for example, Matthew 5. Verse 42, Jesus said, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Sounds like a, a money teaching, right? A generosity teaching that we should give to those who ask each and every time and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. But did you know this passage is actually titled in my Bible, Teaching About Revenge? Jesus does teach about straight-up money <laughs> a lot. Like, a third of his teachings or something crazy like that is about money. But this one is actually a teaching about revenge, not exactly a teaching about giving. This passage isn't about what you do with people you call friends, family members. This passage takes it even further, as with most of the teachings of Jesus. He takes it even further. Listen. We're going to back up Matthew 5, verse 38, and read through to 42. You have heard that the law says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Sort of takes it to a whole new level, doesn't it, when you hear it in context. The Christmas movies get the spirit of Christmas almost correct. They get pretty darn close, so we... We, as a culture, get the spirit of Christmas almost correct. Be kind and, and give generously to the people that you love. Gather the people you love around you. Uh, get over your differences, that sort of thing. But what about the evil person? What about the enemy? The oppressor? Jesus covers all of those bases here. The soldier would have been seen as the oppressor in their context, the slave driver. Now he says, if you are sued in court, give your coat too. What he's saying here is don't just give the bare minimum. 
Give everything. Did you know, by the way, that tithing is the bare minimum? (laughs) Giving 10% to the storehouse or the church is the bare minimum in God's economy. I was talking to someone recently who was having some trouble tithing and, and said that they just felt like it was more of a pride thing. Like they wanted people to know they were a good Christian and so they were tithing. And so to resist that pride, maybe they wouldn't tithe and it would just stuck in this like weird cycle. And I said, well, maybe this will help. Tithing is the bare minimum. <laughs> it's not necessarily impressive that you do the bare minimum, right? It's the bare minimum to give your 10%. If you're not doing that, in fact, the Bible says you're robbing from the Lord. You're stealing. The Bible actually calls you a thief if you don't tithe. So tithing isn't anything to wear as a a badge on your Christianity thing. (laughs) It's not something that's super impressive. It's, It's just not stealing. That's why Jesus says, yeah, of course, bring the tithes to the temple, but also don't neglect love and mercy and compassion, giving to the poor, right? Those things will cost you way more than 10%. They'll cost you everything. Tithing is, it's not the end of your generosity journey. It's just the beginning. Bare minimum. Some of us are bare minimum Christians. Not just in tithing, but in, in serving, in loving people, in praying and reading the Bible and worship. We do the bare minimum to fulfill some checklist in our minds of what we think it takes to get to heaven or or to be a good person or just to not be seen as a Scrooge. Bare minimum, just to get by. But Jesus, (laughs) this life of following Jesus is not bare minimum. Jesus is hardcore. When it comes to these teachings, he, he takes teachings further than Santa, further than the ghost of Christmas past, further than Cindy Lou Who. He goes further than that. This Christian journey that we're on, this following Jesus journey that we're on will cost you everything. Not just generosity in December, but every month of every year. I started writing down some differences. The spirit of Christmas versus the spirit of Jesus or or the spirit of Christians. The spirit of Christmas will have you giving to the people you love. The spirit of Jesus will have you giving to even your enemies. The spirit of Christmas will have you giving thoughtful gifts that mean something to people. The spirit of Jesus will have you giving your heart, not just things. The spirit of Christmas will have you try to reform the Scrooge, right? Uh, Change him somehow. The spirit of Jesus will have you giving to the Scrooge, wanting nothing in return. The spirit of Christmas will have you be generous. The spirit of Jesus has you be overly generous. Generous from a heart position, not just with things. Jesus always seems to take it one step further. And they might sound like small differences, but when actually lived out, they make a huge difference. God is asking for your everything. I have to sort of inwardly laugh 
when people complain about, you know, they talk about money all the time. All the church wants is money. That's not all the church wants. But that's not all Jesus wants. He wants so much more than just your money. He wants so much more for you. When you're just focused on money, that is the only reward you are ever going to get. Money is just a tool. It's not the end-all, say-all. It's not a goal in life. It's not a master to serve. It's just a tool to love God and love people. When you became a Christian, you gave your life to something. This isn't a religion that just asks for the bare minimum. It asks for your life. A lifestyle, not just a religion, a set of rules to live by. It's probably the easiest it's been in your lifetime to do the bare minimum right now. It is for me, right? It's easiest to sit on the couch and claim COVID over everything. I can't do, you know, I can't do what I usually do. I can't serve people. I'll just entertain myself. You know, instead of reaching out. And I'm not saying go, and go around, spread COVID everywhere, you know. I'm not saying to heck with the guidelines and safety precautions. That's not, please hear that. I'm not saying that. But it doesn't hurt anyone to give a friend a phone call. Hey, to connect with them. Ask how they're actually doing. Right? It costs exactly zero dollars, in fact. It doesn't hurt anyone to deliver cookies to the door of a friend or send an unexpected Amazon package to a doorstep to let people know you're thinking about them, to connect, to to give toward the CARES program or sponsor a kid for Christmas. Over and above your ties, these things should be out of the, the goodness of your heart, out of what God has given to you, out of your time spent with Jesus generosity flows, overflows. The the verse Jason read earlier, Malachi 3.10 says, God will give you more than you can handle. Do you know that overflow isn't for you? God overflows our lives so that we can give it to others. You were never meant to keep the overflow. You're meant to give it. To take care of God's house, yes. Tithe, absolutely. Take care of God's house and he will take care of you. He'll give you an overflow so you can give it to others. Most churches in America today are lucky if they see 25% of their congregation doing the bare minimum. Ouch. (laughs) The statistic hurts a little bit. God isn't calling you to the bare minimum. Jesus didn't come and walk this earth and deny himself every selfishness. Walking straight to that cross for you to do the bare minimum. For me to do the bare minimum. Let me give you one more example of this from Jesus. In Matthew 25, verse 31, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Jesus is so different from other gods, other religions. Did you hear it in this? He just related himself, son of the creator of the universe, to someone sick or hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison. He not only lowered himself to human standards, but then he takes it even further into the worst of us. See how he always seems to take generosity to the next level. He pushes it past even our own boundaries of what it means to be a generous person. He takes it a step further than we do every time. And he's not just standing beside us watching how we treat the poor and hungry. Watching from a distance, he is the poor and hungry in his own analogy. How would you treat others if you saw them as Jesus does? How would you treat others if you truly saw them all as God's children? Without any pride or prejudice in the way. If we were shown our past, our present, our future, like Scrooge, would we like what we see? Are there some things that we could change today that would change the trajectory of our entire lives? And let me answer that for you. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes. There is something in your life that you can make a decision to change today that will change everything for you. That's the beauty of repentance and confession and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We all have selfishness in our lives somewhere that's been allowed to fester for a little too long. We need to change. Let me suggest to you today that generosity be your first step. 
It's never easier than it is at Christmas, but it's always important. We're not meant to only have the Christmas spirit once a year. The Christmas spirit is the Jesus spirit, the Christian spirit. And Christian, let me talk to you, that's every day of every year. From the day that you gave your life to Jesus, you chose generosity that day. You got to choose it every other day because you gave your life to this. You made Jesus not only your Savior, but your Master. Submit to His way. Let Him take care of you. Our, our pride wants to hide things from us constantly. Our pride wants to convince us that everyone is out to get us and, and we have to protect what's ours and we're the only ones that can see it. But there is freedom that comes with generosity. There's a freedom that comes with giving everything you have. Trusting God with the rest. Let's trade our bah humbugs this year in for generosity. And take it even further than just being good all year to get on the list and get the presents. Instead of withdrawing up into our caves like the Grinch, let's engage with our communities. Even if it looks different this year than it ever has before. Let's bring change. Making things better than when we found them. This Christmas, let's not just have a Christmas spirit, let's have a Christian spirit, a Jesus spirit, one that gives everything. Father, we ask for that spirit today. We humble ourselves before you, repenting of anything that might be in the way, any bit of selfishness we've allowed to creep in. We, we repent if we haven't been tithing or if we haven't been giving over and above our tithes, if we've been pulling back because the world looks a little scary and we're apprehensive about the future and it isn't that wisdom. We repent. We trust you. Help us not just have a bare minimum spirit, but a Jesus spirit that gives everything. Some of us need to just repent today. Say those words. God, I'm sorry. I haven't been tithing or, or maybe I, I haven't been generous. If somebody asked me for something and out of fear I said no. I'm sorry. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to submit to Jesus. And when he asks me to give something, I'm going to give it all happily. I'm ready to give everything. Maybe today you have never submitted to Jesus. Not truly, not fully. But today you want to say, I'm in. I'm in to following Jesus, to letting him be the Lord of my life. Give it all to him. My way hasn't been working. It's not working anyway. I want to give it all to him. I want you to pray this prayer with me today, if that's you. It's very simple. You just say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross 
for my sins, my selfishness. Thank you for taking the punishment for that so I don't have to. I accept your forgiveness in my life today. And I choose to make you the Lord of my life from today forward. I'm ready to give everything. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, text the number on the screen. Go to fv.church slash I am in. We want to know so that we can help you with that decision. I have some tools and some resources. I'd love to connect with you about that. Help you live a life of submission to Jesus. I have one more clip to play for you. The ending of A Christmas Carol. Let's watch that together now. <laughs> A full 16 minutes late. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I, I, I am a bit behind in my time. You are indeed. Step in here. Well, it's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday. Now, I'll tell you what, Mr. Cratchit. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... And therefore... I am about to raise your salary. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Bob. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bob, my good fellow. Then I've given you in many a year. I'll raise your salary and do whatever I can to help your struggling family. And we'll discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a bowl of Christmas punch. But first, let's make up the fires. I want you to go out <laughs> and buy another scuttle of coal before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Off with you, Bob. We were saving to do. Hey, ho, Bob! Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did all that he said he would, and more. And to our tiny Tim, who got wealth, Scrooge was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. And so, as tiny Tim observed... God bless us, everyone!
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. What I love about that version of the Christmas Carol is when Scrooge goes from being, well, Scrooge to like a generous, giving, fun-loving person is he doesn't just become, okay, here I'll give. He becomes Jim Carrey. He, he goes absolutely insane. He's so happy. He's celebratory. He's always blessing people and he's having fun. He's playing jokes. He, he, he's, he's a different person. You made that decision to follow Jesus today. You can be a different person. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. Live that new life. Have that new love, that new spirit, that that joyous Christmas heart every day. Because you can, you can choose, and you can put it on. If you've made a decision to become a generous person, don't become a begrudging, grumpy, scroogey, giving, fine, here it is but be overwhelmed with the beauty and the joy of giving in that generous spirit. And I know uh, Candace's word has even caused me to, to make some changes even today, some things I've been putting off and, and some generous steps that I've been saying I would do but never getting around to because there's not enough. I'm believing God that he will continue to provide for my needs according to his riches and glory. So, so would you consider that? Take this word to heart. Find the place you can apply it and live a generous, joyful life. Love you guys, and we will see you online next week. Have a great Christmas.